You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. I'm going to read the story of Jesus' birth from the Jesus Storybook Bible that many of you are familiar with. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people, just as he had promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. As silent snow was falling, he came in. And when no one was looking, in the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great-great-great-great-great-grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from God. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful. Mary said as she felt her heart beating hard, how can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see. And she believed, I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full, every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon, Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumbled down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there, in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because, of course, he had. That same night, in amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark, vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born to be like a spotlight. 
shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He'd sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He'd put a special star in the sky to show where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choirs of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now where would you send your splendid choir? To a big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his to a little hillside, outside a little town, in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say they were really smelly and call them other rude names. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open fields, warming themselves by a campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A wingbeat? They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone, everywhere. Today, in David's town, in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud, except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels, troops and troops of angels. And they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God. To God be fame and honor and all our hoorays. Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some steps, 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 past an end, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. They caught their breath. Then quickly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now here he was. Heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like that bright star shining in the sky that night, a light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. Far away in the east, three clever men saw the very same star, the star that God had put in the sky when Jesus was born. They knew it was a sign. A baby king had been born. They had been waiting for this star. They knew it would come. He's here, they shouted. He's here. At dawn, they packed up their camels and wrapped gifts for the baby. They brought their most precious treasures of all, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Special, sparkly, lovely, smelling, gleaming things just right for a king. The three men... Actually, if you'd met them, you would have thought they were kings because they were so rich and clever and important-looking, set off. They rode their camels across endless deserts, up steep, steep mountains, down into deep, deep valleys, through raging rivers, over grassy plains. 
night and day and night for hours that turned into days, that turned into weeks, that turned into months and months until at last they reached Jerusalem. Jerusalem was by far the most important city for miles around. And as anyone can tell you, that's where a palace would be, and kings are born in palaces. So that's where they went. But they were in for a surprise. They went to see King Herod. Surely he'd know where this baby was. But he didn't. In fact, he didn't like the sound of a new king. It made him cross. He didn't want anyone to be king except him. But Herod's advisors told the three wise men what was written in their books, what God had said about the baby king. Go to Bethlehem. That's where you'll find him. Suddenly, the star they had seen in the east started moving again, showing them the way. So the three wise men followed the star out of the big city, along the road, into the little town of Bethlehem. They followed the star through the streets of Bethlehem, out of the nice part of town, through the not-so-nice part of town, into the really not-nice-at-all part of town, down a little dirt track until it stopped right over a little house. But wait, it wasn't a palace. And there weren't any guards or servants or flags or red carpets or trumpets or anything. Did they get it wrong or was this what God meant? Sure enough, in that little house there, sitting on his mother's knee, they found him, the baby king. The three men knelt before the little king. They took off their rich royal turbans and gleaming golden crowns. They bowed their noble heads to the ground and gave him their sparkling treasures. The journey that had begun so many centuries before had led three wise men here to a little town, to a little house, to a little child, to the king God had promised David all those years before. But this child was a new kind of king. Though he was the prince of heaven, he had become poor. Though he was the mighty God, he had become a helpless baby. This king hadn't come to be the boss. He had come to be a servant. Amen. Christmas is such a beautiful, beautiful story. But it's more than just a story for us, right? It is a way of seeing the world. It's a way of understanding how the world works. And so on Christmas Day, we, we gather, and some are gathering with us online. I imagine many are actually gathering with us online. And, and we give thanks that Jesus lived, not just died, because in living, Jesus loved us. And we learn that God doesn't love with a bullying kind of love. God is saving the world through the Christ child who entered into our world through weakness. And as the 4th century church father, this African theologian named Augustine said, he was created by a mother whom he created. He was carried by hands that he formed. God establishes God's reign, that is to say God's power at work in the world through self-giving love. And God reigns not by taking absolute control over everything, but by emptying God's own self, becoming vulnerable, making vulnerability the kind of power that saves. It's the kind of power born of love that creates and redeems and restores and blesses and offers peace but the world doesn't understand vulnerability. It's, it's laughed at or rejected as inability. And yet, here it is in the Christmas story. And here it is offered to us our willingness to be vulnerable to the power of God that was made vulnerable to us so that we could have life with God now and forever. 
I remember when the Apostle Paul begged God to heal him from whatever it was in his life that caused him trouble. He taught us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that God replied to him by saying, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then he went on to say that, I now am glad about my weakness, and I boast in my weakness so that the power of God can work through me. As we gather on Christmas Day, whether we gather in our homes or we gather in this place, we remember that we are not the end-all, be-all, and we do not have to be. We must recognize that we have far less control than we think. We must recognize that our way of life is not always God's priority. We must realize that some of us were born on third base and think we hit a triple and now the base pads are just being adjusted and rightly so. We must realize that we are grieving things in our lives and God is restoring things in our lives even as we grieve. That in our vulnerabilities and in our weakness, we find strength. Because the God of heaven and earth saved the world through self-giving love and the vulnerability of a Christ child. And we must remember that although Christ was born on Christmas, Christmas must be born in us. Howard Thurman wrote this devotional. It's one of my favorites. It's called The Mood of Christmas, or The Mood of Christ and Other Celebrations. And he wrote this poem, and I wanted to share it with you as we begin to move to the table. He writes... Where refugees seek deliverance that never comes, and the heart consumes itself if it would live. Where little children age before their time, and life wears down the edges of the mind. Where the old man sits with mind grown cold, while bones and sinew, blood and cell go slowly down to death. Where fear companions each day's life, and perfect love seems long delayed Christmas is waiting to be born in you, in me, and all of humankind. On the day that Christ is born, we're invited to remember that Christmas must be born in us. Yes, we keep Christ in Christmas, but we cannot leave him there. We must be sure to keep Christ in us. Christmas is born in us. When we remember the truth of the incarnation, that the Son of God became a man so that we could become sons and daughters of God. He became the Son of Man so that we could dwell with God now and forever. Christmas is born in us when we remember that even in God's silence, God is listening, working, moving for our good and God's glory. Christmas is born in us when we remember That the king of the universe began his work of making his kingdom available to all when he entered into our messy world through a messy stable so that our messy lives could be forever changed. Christmas is born in us when we remember that God can always be found when we seek him. But he's often found in the most unexpected of places. Christmas is born in us when we remember that big movements of God often have the smallest of beginnings. Christmas is born in us when we remember that we love because God first loved us. Listen, Christmas is born in us 
And I want to speak to all of those who are teenagers and children, as well as those of us who are not. Christmas is born in us when we remember that everything we love in this world, everything we value and enjoy, including anything that's beautiful about this church we call a family, comes to us because Christ first came to us. It's important that we never forget that. And Every week we come to this table, we remember that the child is born, that he is Savior and Lord, King of kings. He was born, he has lived, he has died, he has risen. He still reigns over all of creation and invites us to know him and to know in him a new way of life. A way of life where the Christ who was born on Christmas can give birth to Christmas in us. So that we can know the love of God fully in our lives. But not just that. So that we can live our lives in such a way that the city and our neighbors and our friends and our family can know the love of Christ who was born on Christmas Day. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast.